When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So in this video today, I want to discuss five major issues that the Chinese economy is facing right now. But before I get to that, why am I talking about China's economy in the first place? Why is it so interesting to me? And why do I think it's so important to uh, discuss and, and be aware of what's going on over there? Uh, well, part of this is kind of laid out in a video titled where China goes, the world goes. This was published back on August 30th of this year. And, and in that video, I discuss how in the last 10 years, the economic growth that China has experienced has been a major, major piece of global economic growth. Pure and simple, that, that since the Great Recession occurred, a major part of why the global economy was kind of able to, to get out of the funk and, and avoid uh, a deepening, deepening crisis was economic growth in China. There were other things too. I mean, a big part of what I would point to, especially in the first couple of years, was how central banks and, and world governments responded. I'm talking about quantitative easing and lowering interest rates in the case of the central banks and uh, spending money and, and bailout packages, et cetera, from, from governments. I mean, that stimulates economic growth. Over the short term, I think that helped bring us out of crisis mode. I don't think it was a long-term decision. I don't think it was a long-term responsible decision, especially considering that that today a lot of central banks and, and, and well, central banks continue to, to do quantitative easing and keep interest rates very low and, and governments continue to spend a ton of money. It's not sustainable, right? A government cannot print money indefinitely, okay? I mean, they, they can try, but they're gonna get a lot of inflation or, or major deflation defaults. Something bad is gonna happen along the way. Uh, central banks, they cannot print money. They cannot do quantitative easing, whatever you wanna call it, and keep interest rates low at or around 0% indefinitely. I mean, you know, as I say that, you know, the Bank of Japan's like, hold my beer, watch this. But no, seriously, I think the world's gonna figure that out pretty soon, that you, you have, there's major consequences to that, okay? And, and what's interesting about that is that China's economy its economic growth model over the last 10 years, um, that's been pretty unsustainable as well. Simply put, it's it's built on the back of debt, okay? And I'll get more into that in the, in this video today, but, but it's been built on the back of debt, right? You spend money, you take out loans, essentially. You, you take on a ton of debt. And in China's case, a lot of it's been localized in the corporate sector. And and with that debt, you, you spend it on, on things like building projects, ghost cities, new high rises. And it looks like economic growth over the short term. And sure, maybe you need to take out some debt to, to build a high rise, to build a new city. I get that. But it's so excessive in China's economy. Okay. So I can't stress how important China's economic growth has been to the, the global economy in the last 10 years. Um, take, for example, you know, the United States economy, everybody talks about how its recovery has been so important. Well, you know, there's some data that would suggest that we've experienced very little economic growth since 2008. In fact, some people have said it's actually, you know, negative. Look, look at John Williams and his shadow stats. 
China, on the other hand, has experienced, I think, a significant amount of economic growth. But again, I don't think it's sustainable. So getting into these reasons, five different reasons, as I said at the beginning of this video. Uh, number one on this list, a major issue that, that China's economy is facing, uh, the emerging market crisis. And, and I've, as well as many other people, have chronicled this over the past couple months, certainly over the past couple weeks. But the emerging market crisis, you know, I, I don't know how much you'd consider China an emerging market these days. I know many people do. I don't completely. But, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence, I guess, that China is experiencing some currency, some economic and market weakness at the same time that that all these other other emerging markets are. But basically, I think you're seeing this go both ways. You're, you're seeing the emerging market crisis spill over into China. And, and China's issues spill over into the emerging market, emerging markets. They they kind of feed each other here. Uh, but but I think this is an issue that China is facing right now, especially in terms of, of a weakening currency, and and just how I don't know currencies that or, or sorry countries that they have proximity to, whether it's geographical, countries like India, the Philippines, uh, Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia, etc., or if it's countries that they have a lot of investments in, whether it's, you know, a South, a South American, an African country, Middle Eastern, you know, if those emerging market countries continue to falter, you know, that's going to have spillover into China. And, and, and I think any economic weakness in China is going to spill over into emerging markets. So that's number one on the list of, of major issues that I think China's facing right now. These are in no particular order. Number two, uh, weakening currency. You know, I think this is kind of a blessing and a curse. I think a weaker currency is not a good plan long term for a country. Over the short term, I guess you know you could say that uh, China has has eased their economic, their financial conditions in response to you know, things like bankruptcies and 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 weakness in the markets, weakness in the economy. Sure, they've they've weakened their currency in response to that. It hasn't just been the trade war, although. Uh, it has, I think, helped their case a bit over the short term in the trade war. It has negated the effect of some U.S. tariffs. It's it's really put some pressure on Trump in terms of the trade deficit. It's it's record high, according to the last piece of data. Our trade deficit with China is at a record high, which certainly goes against what, what Trump is doing right now and, and, if anything, might embolden him. Uh, but but I think over the long term, a weakening currency it could be a curse, Right more of a more of a curse than a blessing i think it could very well get out of control i mean the big number that that i look at is is a seven to one ratio from from the yuan to, to the u.s dollar but it's 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 all a question of of how much control their central bank their government has over their currency i mean they have large currency reserves but but you know we've seen in the past um back back when there's a bit of a, a devaluation scare in 2015 2016 i think Maybe into 2017, I, I can't remember exactly when it ended. Um, you, you saw, I don't know, Chinese forex reserves, whether it's dollars, euro, yen, um, and, and certainly U.S. treasuries. You saw them it, it get very low. I'm not extremely low, like close to zero, but but to worrying levels. And and so I think you know, with enough economic weakness, I think this this weakening of their currency devaluation of the yuan could become a real concern i think it will be an issue going forward uh, number three on this list the trade war I mean, this is this is i'm sure what many of you people would have uh, number one on your list and i do think it's important but this trade war thus far i think has had limited material impacts it's only been in place for a lot of these tariffs for, for a matter of months but it's it certainly uh it's it's escalating trump 
you know, has, has been talking about an additional $2 billion in tariffs. And, and recently he added, uh, he wants to add tariffs to even more than that. It's his next round would be over $200 billion. It, it, I think it encompass almost all of, of imports from China at that point. You know, that's, that's pretty major. Um, and, and I think this has been a, a piece of why economic growth in China has been kind of faltering and why certainly why their market has been down and and maybe part of why their their currency has been down as well though that's not the whole story but the trade war i think is is a major issue that they're going to continue to face going forward and and uh if it continues you know if, if trump actually slaps tariffs on, on an additional 400 plus billion dollars worth of imports uh that that would put enormous, I think, downward pressure on their economy and on their markets. And it'll be interesting to see how how their government, their their national team, their their version of the plunge protection team, kind of responds to to that type of a trade war. Uh, number four on this list, and I've already kind of alluded to this, perhaps, I don't know, but their faltering economy. Uh, basically, in in the last, yeah, it's been a while now, China and their their government has been attempting to slowly kind of deleverage their economy. I.e., they recognize that they have these huge bubbles in various sectors. They, they realize that this could get out of control, that it already kind of has gotten out of control. And so they've tried to deleverage. They've tried to slowly take some air out of that bubble without it completely popping, right? They're going for a soft landing versus a hard landing. Well, they've been semi-successful in the sense that they haven't had a full-blown hard landing yet however there's there's been some kind of worrying signs of of economic weakness in the last six months within china's economy okay it's been pure and simple it's been faltering right and and again this is important because if china's economy falters i think the world economy is certainly going to falter and so it's important to keep an eye on this but but as they're as they continue on this path if they choose to continue on this path it becomes a bigger and bigger worry although you know as i said they're weakening currency and and them easing financial conditions uh that that could signify that they're they're backing off on this this path of of deleveraging you know it's taking air out of, of out of this bubble slowly because they realize that maybe it's just not possible in this case um and the number five on this is and, and i already kind of alluded to this as well huge bubbles China has huge bubbles in their economy. They have a huge debt bubble. And, and people always say, well, you know what? Their government jet, debt to GDP number, sorry, debt to GDP number is pretty low compared to countries like the United States or or, or Italy or Portugal or something like that. I mean, sure, maybe their they're government at the government level, but their corporate debt is astronomic. It's extremely high and it represents an extreme threat to China's economy as well as the global economy. But it's not just the debt that's in a bubble. I'd say one of the biggest bubbles in China is is their real estate sector. You know, I, I think it's just part of their culture. They they have a high affinity for for well, things like real estate and stuff and not necessarily maybe stocks quite as much or, or other you know, paper assets, but, but you've seen them, you've seen them, uh, in, in the last couple of years, China has uh, their markets. They, they've, they found bubbles in all sorts of different currencies. Uh, sorry, not just currencies, assets. Um, just really random ones sometimes things like apples and, and stuff like that. They, they, I think they have a lot of traders that, that are trying to chase these bubbles and, and it gets kind of ridiculous at some point, but, but the real estate market has, has been one of the longstanding bubbles they've been dealing with. You know, I recently read this article from zero hedge and it was like titled something like, uh, the, the most important asset class in the world. 
it's not what you think. And, and so most people, if they were asked that question, they would say the U.S. dollar, the U.S. treasuries, U.S. stock market, maybe right now something like emerging market currencies or something like that. But no, he said, you know, it's it's China's real estate market. He went on to say that that it's so bloated. It's so it's in such excess compared to their population. Yet a lot of it. Sure, these high rises can just sit empty, but but they're there for speculative purposes that it makes up something like 3%. This is Jim Chanos. Uh, he said this over on, on, on what's the platform called, like Real Vision or something like that, um, that their, their real estate sector makes up something like 3% of worldwide GDP. So there's massive bubble. 3%, that's a huge number for just their real estate sector in, in China. But huge bubbles in China. That's a major problem. I mean, how do you deflate these bubbles slowly because we know that bubbles can can well they can blow up for a very long time uh but but they almost always inevitably pop and they pop violently the bigger they are the more violent they are when they pop so of course china might want to take some air out of this bubble but there's 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 difficulty in that you it's very difficult to take out air out of a massive bubble without popping the bubble altogether so those are some of the big issues that that china is facing right now uh, as the title of this video suggests, I do want to answer the question or, or at least talk about the question because by no means can I see the future. Do I, do I know exactly what's going to happen? But can China weather this economic storm? Well, I think it depends on a couple different factors. Uh, first of all, going to a couple of those early reasons on the list, the, the emerging market crisis, the weakening currency. Okay, this is important. If the emerging market crisis is is uh eased if it kind of the, the pain kind of comes to an end or at least slows down um that puts china in a better position for that to happen i think you need the federal reserve to to reverse their policy and i've discussed this in many of my past videos but i think that's very important for the federal reserve to reverse their policy weaken the dollar i think put emerging markets in a better position including china i think that's a very important piece here um the next thing that, that I think we need to look for for China to avoid uh, major economic ruin would be the trade war for, for China and the United States to figure something out with this trade war. It's it's kind of getting out of control. I mean, it's getting serious here. And, and markets in places other than China are paying attention, I, I think, now more than ever. You know, they'll forget it for a couple of days, but, but then Trump comes out and says, well, you know, Trade war still on, guys. We're, we're putting more tariffs on China. But but uh, it, it's got to, I think, come to an end or at least um, come to a more reasonable position where, where we're not slapping on 10% or 25% tariffs or whatever on, on all of the imported goods from China. Um, but, but I think this trade war has to uh, has to slow down or come to an end altogether for, for China to, to really avoid some major problems going forward. Um, and finally, I mean, even then, even if this emerging market crisis slows down or, or reverses or, or if this trade war slows down or reverses, they still have the problem of these huge bubbles in their economy. I mean, the, the interesting thing, thing about China, personally speaking, I think China, their economy is, is going to be pretty major on the global stage it's gonna be a big deal going forward okay i don't think that that they're in a huge bubble they're gonna pop and that that they're gonna be relegated to to uh i don't know a country like india you know similar population but not nearly as big of an economic player 
right? I think they're going to be a big economic player going forward. They just have a huge economic storm that they're probably going to have to weather. And, and you know, that's kind of my answer is, is you know, I, I think that if this trade war and this emerging market crisis, if those things go away, yes, eventually they're going to need to to have a, a period of economic reckoning, if, if that's the right term that I'm using there. They're, they're going to have to kind of deal with the consequences of their decisions of, of, of building an economy on the back of, of debt, basically. Um, but I think that they can delay it a bit and maybe they can slowly allow it to happen. Now, even if they allow it slowly to happen, it's it's still going to hurt the global economy. Sure. But maybe it's not going to be as violent. But conversely, if this emerging market crisis continues, if this trade war continues, I think they're living on borrowed time. And and as I said in the past, where China's economy goes, the world economy goes, I think right now. So so if they if they experience a hard landing, if they see, see some of these bubbles pop within their economy and a major currency weakening, that's going to spread. It's going to spread to emerging markets. It's going to spread, spread to the EU, the US, certainly South Korea and, and Japan, you know, right by ground zero there. Um, but but it's, it's going to be bad. And uh, and I think it's gonna be it could be a big part of of kind of what drags down the global economy again, what could potentially lead to another financial crisis worldwide. So you know that's kind of where I see things going. You know I hope you you found this video informative. I hope you found it educational on, on well why China's economy has been so important, as well as as some of the major issues it's facing. And and you know I'd love to hear your feedback on this down below in the comment section, the video itself, as well as you know can China's economy weather this economic storm. You know, uh, certainly if you like this video, there's a variety of ways you can support me. Liking, commenting, subscribing if you haven't already. Those things are great. I also have a Patreon down below in the comment section. There's a link to it. Basically, that's, that's a platform in which you can support me on a weekly basis, or sorry, monthly basis uh, for as little as a dollar a month. Um, if you enjoy my content, that'd be a great way to help me out. Finally, uh, if you are a silver and gold owner, there is a link below in the description. I think it t says 10 ounce silver bar at spot. And I'll probably keep it that. But through the end of this month, uh, SD Bullion is running a deal on Austrian. That's not Australian, but Austrian Philharmonics. For it's something like buy 19, get one free. It's a really good deal on a on a sovereign coin, a government-minted coin. Uh, so certainly at least check it out if you like it. I think that the link below in the description should work for it. Uh, but as always, uh, I'd like to just thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video. And God bless.